Welcome to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. Priceless inspiration and advice for street photographers everywhere. Hello again and welcome to episode 35 of the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And this is the place for inspiration and advice by street photographers for street photographers. And I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. And first, I want to let you know that the June 2018 issue of Street Photography Magazine is out. In fact, we released it a little bit early this month due to our travel schedules. Ashley was in Los Angeles with her husband for a few weeks, enjoying the sights and being involved in a total immersion program to improve her Vietnamese. She has a real natural affinity for languages, and I'm sure she's going to have this one mastered in no time. For me... I've been all over the place. I was in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia a couple of times. There's was in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Kelly's Island in the middle of Lake Erie, and uh, Philadelphia. But uh, I'm back on the North Coast now. I'm going to be here for a few weeks and plan to use this time to get caught up. Our guest this week is Matt Jerems. He is uh, an executive producer who makes television commercials in the UK, but he also has a passion for street photography. And a while ago, he almost gave it up because he became frustrated with uh, with his style, I guess. But he had an epiphany, a turning point that uh, he's going to share with us about how he changed his approach. And it really turned around his uh, street photography life. I think you're going to find it really interesting. But before we get to the interview, I guess I owe our guest from our last episode a couple apologies. That's uh, Jerome DiPerlinghi. And uh, that's because I was so engrossed in the story he was telling, I neglected to mention two really important things. First, I completely forgot to mention that uh, Jerome has a Kickstarter program active to help fund the uh, fifth edition of the Eyes on Main Street Festival, which is going to take place next year in 2019. And it's really a great program that not only benefits the local community, but the photography community worldwide. So if you have a few extra bucks, I encourage you to follow the link in the show notes and uh, participate in the Kickstarter. And like I said, you're supporting an excellent program. Also during the interview, Jerome continually sang the praises of the uh, photographers who participated in the program, uh, which there are very many from all around the world. And he did mention a little bit about his own work. And I remember him saying that he did some uh, portrait photography. If you look at his website, you'll see that that was an understatement. Jerome is not just a portrait photographer. He's a master portrait photographer. And you'll see that some of his subjects are people like Morgan Freeman, Johnny Depp, John Malkovich, Stephen Van Zandt from the Bruce Springsteen Band and the Sopranos, Yoko Ono, Samuel L. Jackson, Robin Wright, and of course, Halle Berry. Enough said check out his work. In addition to his work, Jerome is an amazing documentary photographer, and this is going back decades. He's done some really excellent work that we can all learn from, and I encourage you to take some time to actually study his work. For example, I particularly enjoyed his portfolio titled Shanghai 1985 to 1987, and then the Wilson Project, which was the genesis for the Eyes on Main Street Festival. So check it out when you have some time to really dig into it. You're going to learn a lot. Okay, 
Now it's time for our interview, so sit back and have a listen to my conversation with Matt Jerems. And our guest today is Matt Jerems. Matt is a native of London, and he's living in London now, but he did spend a fair amount of time in my neck of the woods in Mansfield, Ohio, of all places, which is about 75 miles south of Cleveland. So I'm very interested in learning why the heck is some guy from London living in the middle of Ohio. So we'll get to that. But uh, right now, Matt, is a, he's an executive producer. He produces uh, television commercials in London, and I'd like to learn about that too. And uh, he's an avid street photographer. So as a matter of fact, uh, when Matt first reached out to us, he said he... He gets close and he gets out. And uh, so I'm very interested in learning about that. But before I I bring Matt on, I just want to tell you, I'm not at home. Uh, I'm down in my uh, new home in Charlottesville, Virginia. It's in an area under construction. There's all these big machines right outside my window. So you may hear some of those, and uh, so bear with me. And I don't have my regular studio set up, so you may hear me going... You know, popping my peas. And Matt's probably familiar with that, coming coming from the radio business. Okay, so, yeah, so say no more. Matt, welcome. Thanks for being with us today. It's an honor, Bob. Good evening. Or good afternoon, rather. Good yeah, evening, good, yeah, afternoon, evening, good morning. Depends on where you are. Depends it's, on a good e- it's a good evening in England, actually. We've just won our first game of the World Cup. All right. So, well, yeah, it's a good it's a good night in England. We don't you, win very much. So we're all very happy. Yeah, in the U.S., they haven't played yet. I don't know where they are. They're, they're not even in it. I know. They, they didn't even make it. No, not didn't this make is a shame, it. actually. It'd be good to see you there, but not this year. Not this year. Next time. Next yeah. time. So maybe Russia wouldn't let us in anyway. Who knows? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Unless they saw all your emails first. <laughs> That's right. We won't go there, but <laughs> no, we better not. We better not. <laughs> at least, at least not on at least not on the air. And we no. won't talk. We won't talk about Brexit either. No, no, definitely not going <laughs> to talk about Brexit. All Never. Right. Instead, we'll have fun and we'll talk photography. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So let's do that. But before we get into it, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey? I mean, how did you wind up in Ohio? How did you wind up a Cleveland Browns fan? And then how did you get into street photography? Um, well, I ended up in Ohio because I married an Ohioan. Um, that's that's how it happened. We, we had a long-distance relationship for a couple of years, uh, going back and forth from London to Ohio. And then in the end, it was decided that I should just move over there. And um, and that's what I did. This was, this was in the late 90s, very late 90s, I moved over. And... Um, I became a Cleveland Browns fan because really Mansfield, Ohio, that's all everyone spoke about. So I thought if I'm going to make friends, um, I've got to sort of integrate myself and start talking about the Browns and the Buckeyes and the Indians and the Cavs with some kind of authority. So that's really what got me into the Browns, really. And it was kind of lucky because uh, my first job in Mansfield was uh, an on-air job for radio which meant I could talk about the Browns a lot. So I had no choice but to learn about the Browns. And that's that's how I ended up in Ohio. The marriage didn't last, um, but that's that's good news, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and then, then you got into uh, 
you got into well film or into making commercials yeah yeah I, I i i sort of worked in local radio for a couple of years and then i worked in local radio and local the local tv station to mansfield as well um and then that took me eventually long story won't go into all of it here but it basically got me into to motion pictures and sort of um a more creative aspect of, of making commercials for the local market and that led me into motion pictures as well and ended up with with making a, a horror film actually in crestline ohio as well so, so it was a very interesting time, actually. The radio, TV and films all in Ohio. It was, it was a fantastic sort of nine, ten years or so. Really miss it. But there is, a, there is actually a really thriving uh, film, movie scene in Ohio, especially. Mm-hmm. A, lot of great, a lot of good work goes down in, in Cleveland. Uh, they're still actively making movies in the sort of, you know, um, Crestline area. They're still making movies there. They make a lot of films at the old prison, the old uh, Ohio State Reformatory as well. They're still making films there all the time. Yeah, like Shawshank, but, of course. Yeah, of course, Shawshank. Uh, but there's been a number of movies made made at the old Reformatory, and they're, they're still shooting there as well. So there's a good scene in Ohio. But um, yeah, that was a few years ago now. Yeah, and that old Reformatory is a great place to photograph. Yes, it is actually. I wish I had been more into photography at that time. And I wasn't. Weirdly, I was into filmmaking and, and bits and pieces, but but I wasn't into that much into photography at that particular time. Um, there's a few places around there that are interesting to shoot, but certainly the for- reformatory is right up there. So what are you doing now? Um, now I'm, I'm still in film, but um, but I'm now in the commercial, strictly commercials, uh, with a little production office in, in London. And uh, we make, uh, yeah, national commercials, quite big commercials for supermarket car manufacturers. We do a few music videos as well, a bit of everything. Um, but it's not, it's not the movies. It's, it's purely commercial work. But it's good fun and it's, it's busy. And obviously being in London, it's a lot of fun as well. So I'm still in film, just, just not um, as creative, more, more, more commercial. So any commercials you've made recently that we'd be familiar with? Not that you'd be familiar with, um, as far as sort of seeing the commercials, but with brands that you're familiar with, we're halfway through um, a raft of commercials for the Aldi supermarkets, Mm -hmm. which are quite big over here as well as over there. I remember them. I presume they're still there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, we have uh, several in the Cleveland area, and um, they're yeah throughout the country. Yeah, I like I like that store. Yeah, you know what? They're doing very well over here, too. So we're, we're kind of halfway through uh, commercials for them. We're, I think we're making 10 commercials for those guys this summer. And we're about halfway through. And that's taken us all over the country. And they're, they're really great fun to shoot. Um, but we'll do a bit of everything. Um, yeah, we, we've been doing ads for, for Heineken and, and bits and pieces. But you wouldn't have seen those. They're all for sort of like the, 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 the UK market. And sometimes um, sort of Europe as well, but um, not for the U.S. market. You guys are still by far the, and away the best at making commercials over there. You probably don't think so, but from <laughs> from, 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 from from the British point of view, you guys are, you, you guys have got it down over there. Other other than the Papa John's ones, they're getting quite irritating, I'm sure. That's now. yeah, they're really irritating. <laughs> there are a few I like, but uh, yeah. All right, so let's talk about photography. Uh, so you do a lot of street photography. You're in London, one of the best places on the planet to do street photography. I completely agree. You said something, I mentioned it earlier, you said something in your email that you get close and you get out. Yeah. So what's, what's that all about? Well, I'm, I'm just, you know, you, you, when, you, when you hear other street photographers 
talk about street photography, they, they, a lot of things are mentioned like working the scene mm-hmm. and, and, you know, parking yourself up in a place and just waiting for something to happen. Um, and that's how a lot of people shoot. And that's, that's totally cool. But for me personally, I'm constantly on the move and, and literally I, I walk along the, I walk and I walk and I walk and I keep moving. I don't sort of hang around and literally I'm just sort of looking 20 feet ahead all the time. So if I can see something interesting happening 20 feet ahead, that gives me enough time to get the camera ready, get my composure and and take the picture and just keep moving on. So I get very close. I do get really close, normally between a meter and a meter and a half and take the picture. And before they even knew what's happened, I'm, I basically moved on. I just keep moving keep moving keep moving keep moving and pretty much all my pictures are like that so are you using a wide lens well, wide-ish i mean i use a variety of lenses mm. um but my the, the thing about london it's a good thing and it's a bad thing london is is wonderful to shoot but it is ridiculously busy pretty much everywhere mm-hmm. and you can get away with using a super, super wide lens and getting very close and nobody notices because we're all so bunched together that, that you don't stick out. You don't make yourself obvious. Yeah. And um, so I use, um, I guess my favorite street lens is a 12 mil, believe it or not. That's a, a, one of those Samyang ones or Rockinon, uh, I think you call it over there. It's both, yeah. I, I have one as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, 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 is, that is a great lens for street shooting. I love shooting with that lens. Um, and I can get nice and close. And of course, being, you know, high, I'll set it to a meter, set it to a meter and a bit. And because obviously there's no lag waiting for focus, it's straight in, straight out, move on. And, and that's how it works. I love shooting with the, with the 12. It's, it's brilliant. It, it really gives a, it, it covers an awful lot. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I have the same lens. I, I shoot with Fuji. I don't know what, what body you use. Uh, it's X-Pro 2, yeah, Fuji. Oh, well. X-Pro, okay, good. Mm. All right. So anybody who doesn't shoot with Fuji, just ignore us. Well, actually, it, it applies. If you if you use this lens, because they make them for just about yeah, everybody. Yeah, they, they, they make them for, for Sony. They make them for, yeah, pretty much everybody, yeah. Yeah, because I, you know, I don't use it all that much. It's manual focus. I've missed a number of shots because they didn't have it focused right. Using that lens on the street, tell us how you set it up. Um, I set it up uh literally i set it to a meter and i set it wide open um and it's it's a little bit forgiving because obviously you're shooting that wide you don't have to be absolutely spot on mm-hmm. um but yeah that's that's how i set it up i do set it up wide angle because the thing is i do if i can get some separation i want that because it, it's london is so busy with all these textures that if i shot for f shot at f8 I just think it would look too busy. It does look too busy. Whereas when I open it up wide open to F2 or 2.8, I still get that little bit of separation, which kind of separates my subject from the background, even at 12 mil, because I'm going that close. Um, So that's how I set it up. That's how I set it up. It's usually set at one meter, F2 or F2.8. And um, yeah, have at it. You're just doing using aperture priority then? Yeah, yeah, using aperture priority, and um, you know, I check my exposure beforehand. I don't use yeah. auto ISO. I, I should. Okay. I sh- that should be a habit I get into. I don't know why I don't, because that that is a really useful feature on those cameras. But um, I normally just set it to one uh, one ISO and 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 just shoot with that for the day. But it works. Yeah, yeah, I use auto ISO quite a bit. 
where I'll um, I'll put uh, I'll set the aperture and uh, shutter speed manually. Usually yeah, on the street like f8 shutter speed one one twenty fifth maybe up to two fiftieth and then leave the ISO on auto. And that seems to work well. I think, I, you know what, I, I need to use auto ISO. I, I, I do need to use it. I should, it's just something I've never got into that habit. And um, I, I don't know whether it's going back to the film days of just sitting one ISO and working with it for the day. Um, but I, I, it's one of the best things about digital cameras is using auto ISO. It's a fantastic feature. I should use it more because I'm sure I would get more keepers if I did. Well... Yeah, on your camera, I mean, you've got a very new camera. It's very fast. Uh, when you get into the older ones, you know, the, the more automatic features you have active, the more lag you're going to get. But you probably get next to no lag to manual uh, lens. I, it's very responsive. The X-Pro2 is really responsive anyway. It's, it's a great camera to use, uh, in manual focus especially, because it's super responsive and super quick. And I do love that. And, of course, it's so inconspicuous. It's, it's not this big honking SLR. Um, it's it's nice. It becomes an extension of your arm, really, and um, it's like I said, it's very quick and very responsive. Which is which is the one you've got, Bob? Oh, I have the uh, I have two. I've got the uh, one hundred or the X one hundred F, and um, then I also have the X T one. Okay. And I I keep thinking, gee, maybe I should update this. Get the X T two or the X Pro two. I've heard a lot of people come down on the X Pro too, but uh, um, me too, me too. And and yeah. you know what? I, 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 yeah, I know what they're saying. I know what they're saying. It is, it's it, it's if if you're a DSLR shooter or you, or you were used to working with DSLRs, I definitely wouldn't recommend an X Pro two. It's definitely for those people who used to use Leicas and Contaxes back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you're an SLR user, I think the XT series is probably the one that's most suited for those people. Yeah, I think so. Although, you know, I had the X-Pro 1. I really liked it. Should've yeah, me too. It. Yeah, yep. me too. Yeah. Talking gear today. What the heck? Yeah, well, yeah, I know. We probably shouldn't really, should we? But, nah, uh, that's okay. The what X- the heck? The X- I, think, I, think, I think the food. I tell you what, one thing I do, I have noticed, is when I go out walking the streets in London, it's it's X100Fs everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely everywhere. I could, any part of London where I'm at, where Brick Lane, Oxford Street, Mayfair, Anywhere, and there's street photography going on. You, nine out of ten of them, I've got X100s in some form or another. Well, time for me to change then. I don't want to be like everybody else. They're great cameras, though. I mean, they are wonderful. Very, very good. I've been using them since the original X100. Yeah, and, great cameras. It's, it's just it's my go-to camera. I'll take it just about everywhere. Yeah. I didn't bring it on this trip, though. But, but I do have my Samyang. I think I'm going to throw that on my camera this evening. There you and, go. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be out out and about this evening. I'm going to use that. You've, it's a you've great inspired camera. me. It's a. I mean, it's a great lens. It's really sharp. It's it's the cheapest lens I own by far. I know. Uh, but 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 it's absolutely sharp as a barrel of razors. It really is sharp, and and I love using it for that as well. It, it picks out everything. It's a fantastic lens. Great value. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And no matter what camera body you have, I'm sure they have a, a copy for it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they do th- for pretty much all mounts now. You do a lot on Instagram. As a matter of fact, uh, I don't think I have a web address for you. Do you do everything only on Instagram? Yeah, my, from, as far as work goes, I pretty much put everything up on, on Instagram. Um, 
yeah, I've, I've found it to be, it works best for me. It's, it's, it doesn't have all the background noise that Facebook has. Yeah, that's and, sure. and which which is really annoying. I mean, I have to have Facebook because you know I I need to stay in touch with my friends over in your neck of the woods and 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 what have you. It's it's still something I have to have, but by choice I, I find myself on on Instagram a lot more because it's literally all about the images, isn't it? Really, it's you can't spout off about what you had for dinner or anything like that on on Instagram. It's it's for me, it's all about the images. So so I I, I like that platform. Yeah, it's frustrating. And I can see why people come and go, and some people just go, you know what, I've had enough. Um, but ultimately, I found it to be a, a good thing. I've had an account f- for years, and I probably only have 10 photos on there. Mm. I guess I just need to get more active. So maybe you could tell us, somebody who's new to it, somebody who really wants to start using Instagram, how do you get started, and how do you make use of it? The best <laughs> how do how do you use it? Let's do that. The thing is, I don't even know if I use it to its best way, really. I mean, I've I've got you know my goal was to have a a, a thousand you know followers over two years, and I've got nowhere near that. So so I do it because it's fun, and I'm friends with uh, a lot of people on there that are also street photographers. So it's great fun to look at what other street photographers are doing. And to get comments on what I'm doing, I can comment on what they're doing. And it's kind of, from a, from my point of view, it's all about the community of, of street photography because that's who the bulk of the people who follow me do. That's what they do. That's what I do. So there's that little sort of community thing, which is why I like it. Um, I think it, if you go on there just for the likes and just to try and get followers, I think you're probably going to end up disappointing because it, it's, I don't know, anything to do with their their algorithms i mean if if i knew how instagram did their algorithms i'd tell everybody and we'd all have hundreds of thousands of followers um i have no idea how it works i i you know some images that i really love get 30 likes some images that i think are okay get 100 Mm -hmm. there's no rhyme or there's no rhyme or reason to it i use it because it kind of opens up a community to me of of like-minded people that I can compare notes with, I can compare quality of work with and have a chat with. You know, it's 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 a community thing for me rather than seeing how many likes and, and follows I can get. I've given up on that. <laughs> I've I've given up on that. Yeah, I think that's that's wise. Otherwise you're you're gonna be miserable. Yeah, you'll drive yourself crazy. If if that's if that's all that you want from from Instagram is is likes, then then you're on a hiding to nothing. You do it because it's fun. <laughs> And do it because, you know, there are other people out there that do the same thing as you or similar that you can compare and learn from. You know, it's it's I think that's really what it should be used for. And it's more it's a more effective tool than Flickr in that respect, Um, because it's more interactive. It's more instant. You can you know, it's always on, so to speak. Okay, so what um, I like it for that. So what's your workflow? You're not out there shooting with a with a a smartphone. You're shooting with a camera. Mm -hmm. So. How do you get the photos up there? You just take the card out, dump them on your computer, and yeah, upload the and, and yeah, I, I, I do a few tweaks in Lightroom, and they're up normally on the same day. I'm taking a break at the moment. I'm, I'm not posting anything until I've, I've posted one picture um, when the World Cup started, and I said, right, this is my last picture until England get kicked out of the World Cup. So I'm hoping that I won't have to post anything for another three or four weeks if England do well. If they do badly, I'll be back up and running again in the next couple of weeks. 
this is the first time I've sort of taken a long break from Instagram. You know, it's 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 and it's it's, it's a good time to catch up. It means I can just shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and have a nice backlog waiting to waiting to go up when I get back on Instagram. But at the moment, there's there's very little on there that I've posted in the last few days. Is there a Lightroom application that allows you to upload directly to Instagram like you can Facebook and Flickr? I there might be, but I that's oh. that's I I don't use that. I'm I'm not savvy enough to, to get into those sort of features. I really just I probably do it the long way around and just put the card in the computer, mm-hmm. put it up on Lightroom, make a you know, do a few little tweaks on Lightroom, put it in a folder, put the folder on Flickr then download from my tablet from Flickr and then put it on Instagram. That's long, actually. Now I've just said it to you, I've realized that that's a really long-winded way of doing it. But that's that's the way that I do do it. So say that again. You okay, you work on the photos, and then what do you do? Export them? Export to... them into Flickr. Oh. And then download the pictures from my Flickr um, onto a file and then put that file or pictures from that file onto Instagram on my tablet. Wow. Yeah, that does yeah. sound a little roundabout. It does, doesn't it? I need to, you know, what I'm just saying it out loud to you has just made me realize just probably what an idiot I am. But, wow. but that's, how I, that's how I do it at the moment. I'm just not savvy, Bob. That's the thing. Yeah. You're busy taking pictures. That's yeah. better. That's true. That's true. I do try and shoot something every day. Yeah, that's good. So when you upload to Facebook, or not Facebook, to Lightroom, do you have a process for selecting your favorite? No, no, I don't. I don't take enough, really, to, to do that. I think if I, if when I go out shooting, I normally shoot between 60 and 80 images in a day. Mm-hmm. Not that many. No. Um, so I don't really sort of have hundreds and hundreds to troll through, really. And I kind of, ch- you know, I chimp on the way home on the train. And I pretty much know which ones I'm going to post on the train on the way home. So it's 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 a, a case of loading them all up in the computer, and then going to the ones that I remember looking at on the train and going, right, that one's going to work, that one's going to work, that one's going to work, and working on it that way. And it literally it's 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 about 20 30 seconds in post, and then it's, and it's ready to be posted. Really, I don't spend too much time in in, in edit. I actually despise editing. I think. It's, it's awful. Well, it is. And, it's time-consuming. Yeah, it's time-consuming, and I do have a crap computer, which <laughs> makes it even more time-consuming. So I just literally just do the quickest job I can and um, make a few tweaks here and there, and it's pretty much ready to go. I'm a big believer in that if you have to spend loads of time on an edit, it's probably not worth posting in the first place. It normally has right. worked out the way. Sometimes those pictures you think, oh, that would be great, and then you're on there for like 10, 15 minutes, and you just think, no, it's, I'm – this is this. I'm working too hard on this. The picture's not worthy of it, and I just forget it. When I first started shooting digital and using Photoshop, you know, I'd take photographs and I'd come back and I'd like clone out telephone lines and things. It, it was crazy. You could spend hours yeah. doing that. You can. You really can. Just, you really can. It'd be faster to go back out and get the shot right in the first place. So. Yeah. 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 You're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's just, it's it's not worth the pain. There there are better things to do with your life. Than, than sit in front of an editing screen absolutely so where do you shoot in london well i mean i you know what i mean london's a huge place and and honestly i think there is something worthy to shoot in pretty much every borough of the city um i mean i have my favorite places as far as street shooting goes it's um it, you know 
I think Soho is very interesting at certain times of the day or night. I think you'll always find something going on in Soho. Um, I, I like East London a lot. Places like Brick Lane and, and Dalston Kingsland with lots of character and lots of characters as well. Um, and some great places to eat. I always try and find street photography where there's there's great places to eat nearby so I, I can make a bit of a day of it and stop off somewhere for lunch and then carry on again um so so i mean there's there's plenty of places as far as street photography i think there's something worthy of sh- shooting in every borough of london camden's fantastic i think if i think your daughter would love camden i've i've, I've yet to meet anybody that doesn't love camden town it's, it's fantastic for street shooting for shopping for food for people watching for everything it's 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 a really fun place to go um and oxford street of course is great it's you know it's the main shopping district and you will get some good pictures there as well um but there's there's loads of places in london that i love to shoot um my favorite place of all and it's not really a tourist place it's more of a of a community um is uh dalston kingsland which has a little area called the ridley road market very close by and and that's my absolute favourite place to shoot. But you you do have to be careful there. It's it's not a touristy place. It's a proper community, and people don't take all that kindly to to cameras being around. So you you have to be super careful with that. But it's it's my favourite place to shoot. Yeah, yeah. That's the nice thing about shooting in tourist areas. Nobody even notices you. But... They don't. They they really don't. And and they're kind of used to it. Yeah, yeah. You're fine. So, so yeah, the tourist areas are great. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've been to uh, Philadelphia a couple times in the last few months, and that's I think that's a wonderful place to shoot. Yeah, uh, it looks like a good place. Yeah, 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 it is. It it gets ignored a lot because it's yeah, between New York and Washington, but it, yeah, it's a it's a great town. I I like it a lot. Uh, matter of fact, uh, another uh, there's another magazine in our field, uh, the Inspired Eye, and uh, Don Springer, one of the publishers lives in philadelphia shoots there does wonderful work there mm-hmm. I, I don't know much about philadelphia obviously i mean all the greats take pictures around new york and and places like that you see new york featured a lot on on um, street photography don't you but you not so much philadelphia you can't open your car door without uh, without bumping into a street photographer in new york yeah, it's it's not that much different in London either, actually. Yeah. Particularly <laughs> particularly at weekends, it's 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 really not that much different. But I think that the, the difference is is in America. I mean, obviously, I didn't street shoot in America, and I wish I had. But I can't imagine anything more miserable than shooting on the street in those frigid temperatures in Cleveland. I, I just couldn't even fathom anything that hellish. <laughs> Whereas it, where, I, I couldn't. And yet in, in London, you see, it never really gets that cold. Some of my best work has been done in the dead of winter in London. And the thing is, even though it's grey and drab a lot of the time in the city, you have right. this, the city has these wonderful textures, and that still brings a lot of life to your pictures. So even if the weather is crappy, and it is crappy a lot, um, you've still got these wonderful textures to work with, and there's still plenty of people around because it never gets that cold that it stops people from, from walking. Whereas, whereas in you know in in Cleveland and places like Philly and New York to a certain degree, it just gets so cold. I just couldn't imagine anything worse. I mean, did you do a lot of winter street shooting in Cleveland? Not normally. Um, back in January, I was uh, interviewed by the local public TV station. Um, they saw an article I I wrote in the magazine. And they contacted me and said, "Can we'd like to do a, 
uh, a feature on street photography. Can we talk to you and follow you around one day? And I said, sure. So I went down to their studios. They interviewed me. And then we went out on the street to shoot. And it was 17 degrees that day. Oh. Probably 20 mile an hour wind off the lake. Yeah. And uh, so I had them. I had them go over to, I don't know if you've ever been there, the West Side Market, which is a wonderful place to shoot in Cleveland. Um, old market, about 125 years old. Mm, and, I know uh, the area. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, very nice. A lot of brew pubs, things like that. There there was nobody on the street. You know, no, there was nobody in the market. Uh, so I felt bad, but <laughs> I, I got a couple of keepers out of it. Yeah, yeah. You have to try harder in the winter, for sure. In the summer, there's just a plethora of people and things going on all the time. London's great for that. There's something going on every single weekend. Um, of course, we've got the, the the Trump visit coming up in a few weeks. Well, lucky and, you. Oh, believe me, from a street photography point of view, that's going to be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> so much anger. Nothing... <laughs> Nothing is better in street photography than anger. Yeah, that's funny because I did, um, I sponsored a photo walk during the Republican convention, which took place in Cleveland. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And uh, so I shot down there a couple of times. I went down on my own and then uh, with the group and it was a lot of fun. There were just a, a, a lot going on and there were, there were more photographers on the street than probably convention attendees. Yeah. Everywhere, yeah. everywhere. And nobody, nobody paid attention to you. And there's a lot of street theater going on. It was a great experience. Yeah, it, it, yeah. And the thing is, it's really, I think, for both of us, for, for your country and mine, I think it's really important that we do shoot during these years because we, we may not realize it now and the people looking at our pictures may not realize it. But, you know, in 20, 30 years' time, it will be very interesting to look back on, on, on these years that we're going through. You with, obviously, a, a controversial administration, for good or for bad. It's not my business. But, but And over here, we've got this Brexit issue, which is still a very polarizing issue. And um, I think in years to come, these will be defining years for both of our countries. And so yeah, it's I important. Think right. I think, you know, and I think it's important that we do document it. I think it's very important that we record what's going on today. In the town where I am right now, bad things happened last year, Charlottesville, with yeah. the uh, white supremacists marching through the streets, and uh, there's still a shrine to the woman who was uh, murdered by the by the Nazi uh, on the street, and uh, very, very interesting little spot. I think everybody in town has a shot of that. Yes, they should. Yeah, definitely. Like you say, we, we need to remember these things. We, you know, we I, do. Uh, yeah, we do. I mean, we had the, the anniversary of the Grenfell Tower fire a couple of days ago. Remember this time last year, we had a huge block of flats go oh, up in flames. Oh yes, yes. Um, and and you know the, these, you know the, the the building's still there, but it's covered in white plastic with a when it's projected with a green color with a green love heart at the top of it. Now it looks absolutely beautiful. And and you know you need to record these this because you know in years to come these are important historical images. And uh, like I like I said earlier, we need to be there to record them. They may not mean as much now, but they may later on down the line. Yeah, you just don't think about it. You know, when you shoot everyday things, you don't think that it might be interesting in a few years. No, that's true. You don't. I mean, I'm going, I'm in the process of moving, so we're sorting through things that we've had stored for years. And and I found a box of things of my, my parents, and there was the John Kennedy assassination, Life magazine from that, mm. uh, First Man on the Moon, 
Uh, what else do they have? The Bobby Kennedy assassination, Martin Luther King. So, you know, all these big events from the 60s. Yeah. And, and, and Life Magazine, matter of fact, is one of my big influences photographically. And it was so cool to find these things and, and look at these photographs and read the story as it happened. Yeah, yeah. Incredible, isn't it? I still have a newspaper. I, I kept the USA Today from 9-11 and brought it back to mm-hmm. England with me. I still have that newspaper. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely worth keeping. Absolutely, absolutely. What's next for you? What is next for me as far as street photography is concerned? Yeah. Just to keep improving, really. Just to get the keeper rate up, you know? I come back every day at the moment, and, and, you know, if I've been out shooting for the day, which is most weekends I'll shoot on a Saturday and a Sunday, sometimes one or the other, and I always have a, have a camera with me every day when I go into work. It's always packed next to my sandwiches every single day, but it's a smaller little point-and-shoot thing. Um, it's just to improve, isn't it? It's this, it's this, it's this, I think that's probably the same as everybody. It's just to get better at what we do. Um, yeah. You know, have a better choice selection, a shot selection. Um and, and, yeah, it's just to, to keep shooting and, and, and keep improving, really. Um, I like to street shoot when I travel, and I do travel quite a lot. Uh, I went to Malaysia uh, last year. I've been to Morocco this year. I've uh, been to Malta and Greece and Italy, places like that in the last few years. I do like to travel, and I shoot street wherever I travel as well. But uh, the bulk of my work is obviously in the city of London. But that's, that's really it. Just my, my ambition is to just to get better. And better and better. So what have you stopped doing uh, in terms of your street photography? I mean, what are some lessons you've had to unlearn? Um, I, I, you know what, actually? When I, when I was out shooting on Saturday, I remember coming back on the train and realizing for the very first time I didn't chimp once. <laughs> and that, that, is a, that, is a, that is a first. That is a first. I am terrible with chimping. It drives me crazy. Because I know I'm missing stuff every time I do it. And I was quite pleased with myself when I was coming home on Saturday to have realized when I was going through my pictures, this was the first time I'd seen them. And I'd realized that I hadn't chimped the whole day. And that was a triumph for me. That was really good. So the lesson is stop the chimping. Stop the chimping. Definitely stop the chimping. Excuse me. Definitely stop the chimping. Um, And I mean, I guess when it comes to street, I I think... It, it takes time for a lot of people, and, and, I, and, and I, it, it took a long time for me as well. I spent years taking pictures of nothing. You know, even though I'd read all the books on street and read all, about all the street photographers and knew that my work was crap, it still never stopped me from shooting crap. It took me years to, to, to make a really good photograph, a good street photograph. So, and well, go on. Keep going. Well, well no, I was, no, keep going, keep going, then I'll, I'll ask my well, question. Well, I, I just, it just, it, the thing is, I, I think really, for me, it's it's to realize more often that people really don't care that they're having their picture taken. I, I've never been busted or, 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 you know, screamed at or punched or anything like that. Um, and I have, no, I have been busted, but nobody's done anything about it. And And really, I think it's once you get over that hump, of realizing that people are so wrapped up in their own little world, they really don't care what's going on around them. And and I think that's that's something that I need to sort of carry on with as well. Is I, I do like to take pictures head on. If you if you look on my work, mm-hmm. you'll see that I'm facing nearly everybody all the time. I'm normally very very close. And and like I said, I'm never busted. I'm I'm, I'm 
you know, it, that's not a boast. That's just, it's just, it's got to a point over the years where it's just become second nature just to know where I'm shooting, click, put the, put the camera down. And, um, I think working on that, you can still improve that. I can still improve my timing. I can still improve my compositional skills. I could use auto ISO. That's something that I've got to do because I still haven't worked that one out. And I know it's a great feature and it's still something that I never use. Well, if you do, make sure you you turn the, um, you set the shutter speed to a high number. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I will do. I like to do that anyway. Yeah. I like to shoot with with high shutter speeds. Yeah. Because once it hits that threshold, then it goes to the it goes to the next highest ISO. So if you set it at sixty, that may be too slow on the street. Right. So yeah, I like to set it around one twenty five, somewhere around there. See, I'm but, too shaky at one two five. Actually, I'm, oh. I'm too sh- yeah yeah I'm too shaky. I'm I'm a five hundred guy. That makes sense. Must be all the coffee. Oh, it is definitely all the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, you started getting closer, or whatever. And what was the turning point to make you realize that? I I can tell you exactly, actually, on January the 3rd, 2015. Wow. Now, that's exact. That's absolutely exact because somebody asked me that as well like months ago. And I remember going onto my Flickr and finding this particular image and and saying that was the image. And what it was, I'd been been walking around. It was obviously the dead of winter, 3rd of January. um, So it was just after New Year's. So I was probably on vacation from work. Um, and I remember walking all around London that day and it was cold and it was miserable. And I was just, I remember I was shooting pictures of people's backs and from side on, you know how it is, don't you? It's, uh-huh. it's, it's, you're just basically just shooting off rubbish the whole day. And I'm just getting more and more frustrated and, and realizing that kind of dawning on me that maybe street photography wasn't going to be my thing. And I should probably look at scenics or food or something like that. And I remember getting on the train at Finsbury Park which is my local train station and a guy had got on before me and he looked fantastic he had a sheep he looked like a cross between Hugh Grant and James Dean he looked amazing really cool he had a sheepskin jacket on he had the sort of floppy hair and um, he looked really good and he sat right in front of me in the train and I thought I've got to take this guy's picture this this is a fantastic picture and I remember just resting. I had an X-Pro1 at the time as well. And, and um, I remember resting the X-Pro1 on my knee and just framing it up through the LCD at the back and just click. That was it. And it was at that moment that I realized that people really aren't aware of what's going on around them. And that's when I sort of realized I, that was the picture that I took that I realized, you know what, maybe I could do better at this. And that gave me the confidence to start getting more i guess it is confrontational though it isn't aggressive and it's not really aggressive because they're not aware that i'm being confrontational but it was when i realized that i could probably make a serious go at street photography and and stop taking pictures of people's backs which is really boring it is it is so is that photo on your instagram um it is on my instagram somewhere um but i I think it's probably easy i'll probably just send it to you Yes, yeah, uh, but it, it is on my Instagram, and I think I actually alluded to it on Instagram that this is what started it all. But it was probably over a year ago now, so you probably have to trawl back about a thousand images to, before you see it. But it's there somewhere. Um, but it was it was kind of like the turning point where I realised I could probably do this street photography thing. Um, and and I'm still very proud of that picture. Actually, it's a nice picture. 
it's one of those timeless ones where you take a picture of someone and it could be in any era. And I love those pictures. I think they're great. Yeah, please send a copy over. I think. Yeah, uh, we'll do. Yeah, we'd like to include that in the article. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you're active on Instagram. Is uh, do you have a favorite Instagram photographer? Um, I mean, I, to be honest with you, that everybody's on Instagram, now, isn't there? Joel's on there. Joel Morowitz, I think he's great. He's on uh, there. Yep, he's he's yeah, okay. He, yep. Yeah, he's he, he does the business. I tell you, <laughs> I, I, I tell you, I do, I do like uh, Don McCullen very much. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve McCurry, I was I used to be a huge fan of his, but then all that thing came up about him doctoring his images too much, and then I kind of went off him a little bit. Um, uh, Bruce Gilden's still got pages up on Instagram as well, and I'm still fifty fifty on Bruce. You know, some stuff I really love to the yeah. point of obsession I love. And then some stuff I think, oh, man, I, I couldn't have done that. You know, it's that sort of that is confrontational. I mean, I think Joel Meyer, it's called him a bully. I wouldn't go that far. But I don't want the act of something trivial like taking a picture to ruin someone's day. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, you don't, yeah. though, do you? You don't, do you? I mean, you're literally you're just taking a picture, and if it's you're right in someone's face with a flash gun, I can't see how that's being constructive to anybody. I hear but he stopped that, doing that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he has, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad he has because he's he, obviously he's a, a wonderful photographer, and oh, I, yes. had, I, had, I saw a, I was there was a Photo London last month, which is this big event in London, mm-hmm. and I actually saw Bruce, uh, and do I actually paid for a ticket to go and see Bruce. And um, because they sold out of the Joel Morowitz ones, so I thought I'll go and see Bruce instead. <laughs> and uh, and you know what? I actually had a new respect for him after after actually being in a room with him and listening to him talk. Um, I have a new respect for him. I, I know where he's coming from now, and that's that's an important thing, isn't it? Really, to to realise where someone's coming from and realise kind of why he was so confrontational. He's he's, he's lived a very tough and difficult and, and trying life. And I, I now see where he's coming from, and I get him a little bit more now. That's true with anybody. You know, when you actually sit down and listen to them, we, we do so little of that today. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right, we do. And, and he has lived a life as Bruce. And, um, and I wasn't aware of half of it. And, and, and he said something that I thought was quite telling, you know, or worse to the effect of, he said, you know, walk in my shoes mm-hmm. and, and tell me then what I can shoot. Yeah. And I got that, and I got that, because I'm one of those people that literally I'll shoot anything on the street. If it's on the street and it looks interesting, I'll nab it. And and he's similar to that as well. And um, I, I'm I'm in, I'm in agreement there. I'm in agreement there. I, I I don't like being told what not to shoot. And there's a there are, you know, there's some pious photographers out there who tell you what not to shoot, and I disagree with that. I think. When you're on the street and it's a public area, it's a public space, you really ought to be shooting everything. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, nobody should nobody should tell you what to do. No, they, sh- they shouldn't. And the thing is, if, if you're learning to do street photography, you go online and you see all these YouTube videos of people going, don't shoot street musicians, don't shoot this, don't shoot that, don't shoot this. You know, you, you go out there thinking, well, what can I shoot? You know, you, <laughs> you, know, you want to go out there and you want to shoot absolutely everything because that's how you learn your craft. You've you got to shoot everything because you've got to learn from your mistakes. And, and, and you've got to learn for yourself what's interesting or what isn't interesting. Everyone has a quality control filter. Sometimes it takes longer to kick in. For me, it took years before I actually took the picture of that guy on the train. 
and then my sort of quality control filter kicked in and I realized what was good and what was, what I could do, what I could take. But yeah, um, yeah don't, don't listen to anybody who tells you what you can and can't shoot. When it's on the street, it's fair game. Go for it. I agree. Good. <laughs> I, I have no hard and fast definition of what street photography is. Just go do it. Yeah, just go out there and shoot. Shoot everything. Shoot absolutely everything. You know, and you do have to be careful now because, you know, the, the, you do have to be careful because the drugs are a lot nastier now than they were in McCullen's day. And <laughs> I mean, they are, you know, and, and, you know, you can get into some really nasty, sticky situations. So you still have to have your wits about you when you're walking the streets, particularly places like London and New York and probably Philly as well. Um, you do have to have the wits about you because there's, there's some crazy stuff that goes down on those streets. But, but by and large, really, if it looks interesting, go and get it. Words of wisdom. Well, All right. Well, Matt, I guess our time is up. So tell us, how, how can people uh, find out more about you, see more of your work online? Um, Instagram is probably the best for me. Um, and th my page is Capital Faces, um, as in Capital City, London. That's where most of the faces are that I take. So I just call it Capital Faces. Capital Faces on Instagram. We'll put the link to it in the show notes. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs>